right, guys, huge episode, so many new shows. We like some superhero shows, we don't like some others. We're going to go into MI3, which is an absolute banger. Here we go, Nordy's Podcast. And here we go, Nordy's Podcast. I'm Eric. I'm here with Ryan and Jim. How are you guys doing? I'm doing so good, man. Oh, I'm great. Feeling good, man. Things are changing. Things are changing for the better. Yes. Good weather. Hopefully, uh, hot back summer. <laughs> it's a, it's the summer of love, here. man. The summer of vaccine love. Let's do it. It's going to be a great time. So, guys, we have a great episode for everyone. But before we jump into that, we need you guys to give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at Nordeast Podcast. Also, subscribe anywhere that you get your favorite podcast from. Get the Nordeast Podcast directly to your phone or your, or your device each and every. Yep. Thank you. Love it. Yes. All right, guys. What beers are you having today? Um, I'm doing something a little different. Uh, I don't think we've ever featured this one on the podcast. It's called Dino Holiday. <laughs> <laughs> the bit's never going to die. I still have one in my fridge. I'll save it for next week. Please do. It's the most average beer ever. And I think we featured it now. This might be the fifth time, fourth, the fourth time. time this is so fourth I'm going to drink some more Dino Holiday, baby, from Falling Knife. Eric, um, uh, shout out to your buddies. Good old Arbiter crushing. I'm, I'm drinking a little dipper, uh, hazy pale ale. Um, eight bucks for the crowler. Not too shabby of a price. Um, I love this beer. It's great. It's low ABV. Tastes great. Nice and refreshing. Kind of weedy a little bit. Good beer. Really enjoying it. All right, guys. I am drinking uh, a beer from the Runaway Leaders for the Nordy this year. The really? Runaway. And that is... Black Sack. And this is their fluff piece, which was one that they're all excited about this week. It is a smoothie style sour beer with strawberry, guava, and marshmallow. 6% alcohol, it says right on there. Uh, roll to resuspend. There's like little things floating in this beer. It looks kind of weird. Tastes delicious. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, they are doing everything now, aren't they? They are really? coming for that that they're title. Kind of uh, obviously, IPAs are great, and the sours are cool. Um, and now they're doing weird, weird stuff, so... I think that, like, right now, at least over the last mm, two months, they've had the most exciting stuff on a regular base. And, like, yeah, they're the leader in the clubhouse, if you will. Yeah. And, like, everything right doesn't hit for them, but that's okay. Like, I would rather have them swing and miss on expensive beers, even sometimes. Like, mm-hmm. I would rather that they go big and, and miss every once in a while than that every time I go there, they have the same four beers and like two of them are bad, one of them's good, and one of them's okay. Or on the flip side, all the beers are good, but they taste the damn same. Yeah. You know, which like, is like to style, to style, they're really good, but I'm over that style for the fourth week in a row kind of thing. Yeah. 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 All right. So love it. Can't wait. Go find those. Um, all right. So we're going to start out with the most important news of the week. That's right. Legends of the Hidden Temple is coming back <laughs> and it's going to be an adult only show. It's not kids anymore. You're not going to have any idiot kids who can't make their way across the swimming pool. You're not going to have any idiot kids who can't find their way through the damn temple or put the monkey statue together. No idiot kids who can't like spell words or like make it down the stairs. This time it's going to be adults. There's going to most likely be drinking involved. It's going to be idiot adults that can't put the monkey statue together. Idiot adults that can't climb up the crag or whatever. Is that a different? Was that Global Guts? Global Guts was the crag. What's the difference? Same same um, show. I one mean, was one, like, uh, you know, South South American Inca type of shit. Yes. Mayan. Yes. Okay. That's this one. Yes. 
Let's go. Probably more Aztec. Well, no. Yes. But yeah, like ancient South America, essentially. Okay. And then, yeah. And remember the temple guards? Yeah, they were kind of scary. I felt felt bad for those kids every time. It's like a six-year-old girl. She's trying to like go door to door and freaking out. Everyone's like, you need to bring home this money, honey. We got to pay the mortgage. And then she's like running up. And then like all those jump, these full adult men in like weird, small costumes, like grabbing the kids. Like pretty fucked up. I, you want to know how scary it is? I am, I still am afraid of it. (laughs) (laughs) She's going to have dreams. Wake up like, in a cold sweat, that's... check your closet for temple guards. Yeah, no, I was... still think it's scary. Like, the temple guards are coming and grabbing you. Like, I yeah. can still picture it, and, like, it was horrifying to me at the time. But Who is the – go ahead, sorry. Oh, no, go ahead. What do you got? I was going to say, Jimbo, who's the who's the guy that did, like, the uh, the fake mockumentary on, like, the penis drawing in the high school? Um, oh, Joey yeah, something. Yeah. yeah, whatever. That was American Vandal. I don't remember the – American Vandal. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so this is his next mockumentary. I don't know, maybe this wouldn't play very well, but like kids that were traumatized on game shows mm-hmm. as like youth and like how it's affected their lives growing up. Like, I don't know. Is that is that too insensitive? Oh, like, no, that's that would play. That would play for sure. You got to like, just do a real like, documentary, though. It wouldn't even have to be a mockumentary. Just find the kids. That's true. Just come forward, kids. I know <laughs> you're out there. My favorite thing about about um, like Nickelodeon game shows was how shitty the prizes actually were. Like you just said, bring the money home. It would never be money. It would be like, you get a shitty telescope. <laughs> no way. Yeah. Yeah, they threw they threw a Nintendo, like a Super Nintendo every once in a while. But that was wow. that was like the that was about it. What are you gonna get? You're gonna get this small package of Connects. Connects. Play with Connects. They're like Legos but worse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Legos know, like, but worse. And all you'll have to trade off is the lifelong trauma issue that you will deal with. And it will cost you, you a lot more money across, in therapy. You just make it across this pool in this boat without drowning while adults yell at you. You win this hoosh ball set. It's like $9. <laughs> like, get out of here. It's all the fame whore parents that did it, too. They're, well, they're, at least now the, the adults can embarrass themselves. So that's where it's at. I'm hoping that it's like, um, it's like, uh, what was that show called where it was like the old Japanese game show? MXC. MXC. I'm hoping Great. it's like MXC meets Nickelodeon, you know, but like kids who watched Nickelodeon in the 90s. Okay. That are now. They're 40. just bashed by things. They're falling out of the temple. You know, like they're making, the host is making fun of them the whole time. That's what I'm looking for. I want to see some like concussions where they just kind of like, you never hear from the person again, but they just kind of make fun of it and then don't show it twice and you just move along. Yeah. So MXC. You, want, you want Wipeout. Yeah, pretty much. Oh, the show already exists, you I guess. Wipe, wipe out, cross with, are you smarter than a fifth grader? And is it's what on, we're going for you here. guys, let's be honest. It's on the CW. Are any of us ever actually going to watch the show? No, we spent way yeah. too much time already. Yeah, yeah no, I'm never going to watch it. Like, I don't care. I don't even care. I, don't know, I would be more likely to watch MXP. <laughs> <laughs> it's out there. I think it's all on Hulu. Go watch it. All right, uh, next up. Cruella is getting great reviews. Yeah. Emma Stone. Uh, you know, this is total re different different story, live action deal. Um, you guys watched the trailer, right? Ryan, did you watch it? The original trailer, yeah. to be honest with you. Yeah, they had another trailer since then, but dude, people like are saying Emma Stone is incredible in this. It's like very dark and gritty and captivating and just like I was at like a I will watch it when I can, but I don't 
really have much expectation. Now I, I'm fully expecting it to be good, like very good. So I'm excited. Oh, I think this movie had looked really cool all along. I think that like, um, I'm going to probably miss the time. It's got to be 70s, late 70s punk. Yeah. Kind of like yeah. late 70s, like English punk. Um, I think that that version of this story is really interesting. Mm-hmm. And I just think that for the most part, I know Emma Stone doesn't make all movies for me. She makes a lot of different varieties of movies for all different types of people. And um, I just trust her decision making. I think she is one of the best in the world. And I think this movie is going to be really cool. Me too. I, I, well said. I agree. I care. All right. Going to another thing that I know you're going to care about. Uh, another one of the biggest actresses in the world. And that is uh, Netflix announcing Enola Holmes 2 is coming out with mm. uh, Millie Bobby Brown. You thought I was going to care about this? No, I really didn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, I took one for the team for the podcast and actually watched the first one. And it was pretty bad. I was going to watch it until you took one for the team and told me not to. Yeah, you might have. I guess. Um, that yeah. makes sense. And that's fair. That's fair. I, I kinda, it wasn't very good. It was like very, uh, it was honestly, it was boring. And that's the worst thing a movie can be. So, And you said it was not made for your demo. Like, I don't know who the demo. hell it was made for. Was it it like, was like, I don't know who had the patience for that movie and that plot. Um, yeah, it was, it was very, it was slow. It had really bad action sequences. It had a really boring, like non surprising plot twist in it. Um, yeah, man, this just, it wasn't for us, but honestly, a lot of fucking people enjoyed this and watched it. Like, so in that regard, it was a success for Netflix. I'm not surprised they're making another one, but this isn't my Sherlock, man. It's not my Sherlock story. Yeah, me either. All right. uh, Moving on because we don't care about that at all. Um, We're getting a first look at the next Venom movie. Uh, Do you guys care? I didn't see the first one of these. Was I supposed to? No. um, So (laughs) the the time I watched it, Eric, when I was trapped on a six hour flight from Phoenix to Hawaii and had literally nothing better to do. So I fired up Venom. Um, It was not very good. It was borderline terrible. Jim, did you watch it? Uh, I finally did. I finally watched it. It it was, I don't know how long it took to be free somewhere, a very long time, but I was patient and I'm glad I didn't pay for it because there was a couple of those times when it was like a boring night. I'm like, dude, it's only nine o'clock and I almost paid $5. I'm so glad I didn't. It was not good. It was really boring. Tom Hardy, this is the worst thing he's ever done. He, this looks, uh, he's so, so this bad is called Venom, uh, the time of carnage or something. Carnage yeah, there the will big, be carnage or there whatever. will be carnage. Yeah. So it's like the, the big bad. And, you know, I guess, you know, uh, Tyler Brown of Winterfell informed us that like carnage in the comics is awesome mm-hmm. and a really cool character. Um, but like this, this venom and uh, I forget the guy's name, Eddie, Eddie Brock, like yeah. their, their relationship, I think is supposed to be funny. Right. And it's not. It's cringy. At all. It's, it's awkward. It's sad. It's depressing. It's not likable. I don't like Eddie or Venom. Right. Uh, and then you put them to interacting together more frequently, and I hate it even more. I, this this trailer was like a two and a half out of ten yeah. for me. It, it drummed and, up no excitement. It's literally like they have in the trailer him going back into the same shops, doing the same things, but now with Venom as more of a part of his life. And I'm like, this movie looks exactly the same as the last one. And people saying like, hi, hi Eddie, hi Venom. Yeah. Like what? It's dude, this the first one didn't work and they've clearly doubled down on it. 
Um, Carnage. Totally Wait, who's playing Carnage again? Woody Harrelson. Woody Harrelson is not going to save this movie. This movie's going to be bad. It's going to be the same thing. I will watch it because I'm an idiot, but I will wait until it's free, which is probably going to be like a year and a half. Probably going to be two years from now before I see this fucking movie. And and you know who Woody Harrelson reminds me of in like his his tenor and his delivery is Jesse, Jesse Eisenberg, Eisenberg as ah. Lex Luthor, and that is not a compliment. Right. Yep. That's funny, man. I thought the same thing. I hate the story of like a villain, but we don't have the rights to the hero. So you're going to cheer for the villain against worst villain. I hate that story. Yeah. I, you're right. It's stupid. It's it's one of my least favorite stories. I'm actually going to tell you my least favorite storyline later. Okay, go. No, in this later in oh, Ooh, what yeah. a tease. Yeah. But you're totally right. It's so contrived. When you watch the movie, you're like, where is Spider-Man? Oh, that's right. The studio doesn't have the rights. And then it pulls you directly out of the entire movie. Yeah, it's just like, this is like Spider-Man's big nemesis. <laughs> like, even if he is this, this like, you know character who's not all bad he is like a major villain to spider-man so i don't want to have a bunch of movies where they tell me like you should be cheering for him actually he's actually good but but, eric in the trailer uh somebody did smash a spider with their hands so that's as much as you're gonna get just kidding that's that's as much as spider-man as you're gonna get they had to give uh a two percent discount on the next spider-man uh just to do that (laughs) yeah (laughs) do that all right, guys, so Knives Out 2 is coming out, and it's going to have Katherine Hahn, Dave Bautista, Ed Norton, Janelle Monet, and Daniel Craig, I believe. Is that right? He's still in this one? Yeah, no, he's in it. So on this podcast, I don't think we're as obsessed with this movie as some were. Some people were so into it. I liked it. I liked it. And then when they announced the second one, I was pretty nervous because it sounded like they were just going to have sort of like run it back with the same family. Like, well, how is like this amazing mystery going to happen to the same family twice? And I was all nervous. But it, it sounds like with all these people they're casting, maybe they're building a new situation for him. I hope. Because you're not going to add all these new big stars to like their existing cast of like 12, you know, famous celebrities, right? No, yeah, there's no way. Like, I think I think Daniel Craig and maybe his other detective partner will be the two carryovers. Okay. And then it's going to be it's going to be a fresh story. If that's the case, then I'm I'm excited. Actually, I do care about this. And that's what it's got to be. I'm a little bit excited, but I think I, I think it's going to be very strange if they like try and play back the same hits again. Yeah. Right. I, I mean, when you're just sitting there waiting for like the big reveal, it's not as exciting, right. Mm-hmm. As, as when you're watching it and you keep thinking you're at the big reveal and it's not. And then of course, you know, it's, it's at the end, mm-hmm. but like, if that's just the case, it's just going to be like, okay, well I'll just watch this until the end. And then they'll tell me, right. I don't know. That's not, that, that to me is not that appealing, but we'll see. There are movies like that where you're watching and you're trying to gather clues and the ride isn't that fun. But it, when you do that as a writer, you better fucking nail the finish and be like, wow, that changes my perspective on everything. It better be like prestige level where the ending is so amazing that it makes you reconceptualize everything you watched. Because you'll be watching the, some of these movies and be like, dude, I know nothing. I know nothing. It's not that much fun. Yeah. And and there's a reason that Christopher Nolan didn't make The Prestige 2. Exactly. Exactly. I think that's all we can say. That's perfect. I liked this movie. Everyone was talking about it for movie of the year, which I thought was like kind of absurd after seeing. But that doesn't mean it wasn't really a a fun movie. It was a good time. There's a lot of people in it. It didn't take itself too seriously. I think that them making this into like kind of a new, um, I'm not going to say the word universe, but like a new series of movies kind of where the type of movie is more important than the characters. I kind of think that's fun. And so 
I would guess that this one will only be better um, as they will fix some of their mistakes and they will continue to bring in interesting people. Okay. Well, so they're not eliminating Daniel Craig's accent. So problem number one. (laughs) I do. Right out of the gate. Yeah. Foghorn Leghorn. They probably told him like, hey, Daniel Craig, we know you're from England. Just do a regular, normal Southern accent. And he's like, yeah, so this is how you do it, right? <laughs> and they're like, okay, dude, yeah. whatever. He's Daniel Craig. I kind of like Bond, he'll beat us up. I, the movie, I just like that the movie didn't seem like it was taking itself seriously at all. And right. like the jokes they were taking at each other and characters and the whole thing. I just kind of felt like it was like a bunch of famous people having fun. And so, I like that. There's I a place for movies like that. It's, they're called Ocean's Eleven. I mean, yeah. that's perfect. Why not? Yeah, if they're the having expendables. Fun, it's like me with the Timberwolves. If they're having fun... I'm enjoying it. I don't care if they're any good. That's kind of how I felt about this movie. Knives Out 2, I care. I care. Care. All right, uh, the Green Knight trailer dropped. What do we know about this? Is this something we're all going to like? Oh, so this is uh, A24 Studios, which is known for doing things slightly differently, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is a, a take on the Sir Gawain and the Green Knight story from King Arthur and the Round Table Times. However, I don't think we've had a good King Arthur movie made maybe uh, since The Sword and the Stone. I don't know. Like that, that might be the last one that was entertaining. Two a year. We get two a year. They're always bad. Maybe it's the toughest story to tell in Hollywood. I don't know, but they keep trying. However, this one looks a little bit interesting because it's got a, it's got a pretty decent cast. So like Dev Patel is playing uh, Sir Gowan. Um, Aaron Kellerman. um, She was the gal from uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier with the red curly hair. And she was in uh, Solo. Okay. Alicia, Alicia Vikander. Um, is in this Sean Harris plays King Arthur. He's been in, he's in tons of like period pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, he was in the King um, with the fresh face boy. Anyway, it, it's got a yeah. pretty Joel Edgerton is in this decent cast. Um, and it looks very like mind bendingly cool. Like um, trippy. Um, who's the guy Artsy. that did uh, ex machina, you know, that, that Alex director. Garland. Yeah, sure. Alex Garland. Yeah. It gives, it gives you, that's what I've been thinking about the whole time you've been talking. Hive, what? Hive mind. Ex machina. Yeah. Exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. Nice. It gives yeah. you those, it, it gives you like an Alex Garland kind of vibe. So I think this is something to pay attention to. Um, I'm not saying it's going to be great, but I feel like this could be definitely a, a future steam or stream maybe for us. I don't think this is a theater, um, but I think this is, this is going to be a really solid, solid film and it's coming out at the end of July. Yeah. Well, I think it's okay. So one thing I'll just add to it and you summed it up beautifully. It's a 24, like you said, and they don't really have they're a, They're like a studio that doesn't put a lot of uh, restrictions on the creative. And dude, you can tell by this trailer, like they truly let the people do whatever the fuck they wanted. So that could make it amazing or it could be unwatchable, but it'll at least be something to, to pay attention to. So I'm excited. It definitely doesn't look it doesn't give you that unwatchable vibe. No, it looks, I'm excited. I'm checking my excitement, but you know, for yeah. something that like everything's a sequel, everything is whatever, um, you know, a remake, it, this looks really fresh to me. It looks like something new, which is amazing. And you know, 2021. Yeah. Agreed. I care. Can't wait to see it. Okay. All right. Keeping it with uh, green people and uh, trailers. We found out about Finn Whitlock, who's going to be in HBO Max's Green Lantern. Uh, they've tried Green Lantern before. Wasn't it Ryan Reynolds? Ryan Reynolds has done it. Yeah, that was just trash. I don't know if you guys ever saw that one. It was really bad. I think that like uh, might it's kind of like the Flash, um, uh, Green Lantern. I don't know any of those ones oh. that, that just totally failed. 
I kind of think that like I don't want a new team and try again. Yeah. So you're not excited about this at all. I'm excited because it's HBO, um, and that makes me think at least it will be a good time. I'll probably watch it, but I'm not excited. Yeah. So this guy, I don't really like this guy that much. This Finn guy. So I don't, you guys ever watch that Ryan Murphy stuff, like American Horror Story and American whatever. So he's been in a bunch of those. Um, I guess he looks the part. I the casting does nothing for me. The character does nothing for me. It's HBO. That's it, Eric. You nailed it. That's all. I mean, I'll probably at least check it out because there it will be on my TV. But I don't have a lot of hopes for the show, which might be. Right where Glee, well, Green Lantern could thrive slightly. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's going to be good, but when your expectations are in the basement and something is like a 70 on Rotten Tomatoes, you're going to be like, that was actually okay. Yeah. Can you, you know okay, I mean? So if this comes out and it's the exact same level of quality and entertainment as Winter Soldier, are we going to be raving about it? Yeah, probably. <laughs> be like, holy shit, you know? And then Winter well, Soldier, we're but, like, meh, because it's Marvel. Well, but we're also idiots too. So like we're very fickle. Oh yeah. So, oh, you know, okay. if so, we're going to get to you know what I'm excited for later. We're going to get to a superhero show mm-hmm. that we maybe don't have the same exact take on for once. So I'm excited for that. That's a teaser. I really want to watch the show Ryan pitched there, Glean Lantern, which is Green Lantern, but it's a bunch of kids breaking into song uh, with popular music as well. Wow. <laughs> That's two shows I've accidentally written today. So, One of these is going to get produced. I know it. All right. Suicide Squad is coming out, and it's going to be rated R. Does this make you more or less excited about it? Like way more. Me, way, yeah, like way, way more. more. It, it means everything. Keep it appropriate, guys. I mean, doesn't it mean everything? <laughs> okay, so it's, it's um, extre- like language. Yeah. Graphic nudity. And, and like hard, hard, hardest core violence. I'm here. And for- it's superheroes and it's Margot Robbie and it's all it's Idris Elba. And it's I mean, this is going to be awesome. Man. And you know what? The first one I look back, it was PG-13. And I think it suffered because of it. This should be like a straight up wacky balls to the wall. Sharks biting people's heads off. People blowing up. Let them use their power. Like, you know what? You know what I think they learned from is what you just said that it suffered from that. But then they also watched the boys yeah. and we're like, and we're like, uh, people actually have an appetite for this. All right. You want some, we'll, we'll give it to you. Let's go. Right. My well, problem, I mean, dude, my problem with it all comes down to Leonardo's Leonardo's um, double swords. Okay. It all comes down to that. He's a turtle that can't use his swords because he's on a kid's show. So instead he cuts ropes and then the bag of sand falls on people. That shit's boring, dude. Or- Let's, get, it, let's let them use their powers and chop people up. Yeah. It was okay. like Logan when Logan and, you know, Logan finally got to just straight up cut people's heads off as Wolverine. We all wanted to see it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my problem with this is that I just can't get behind the story at all. The story is, oh gosh, we have superheroes all over the planet. They're literally everywhere. We have made tons of movies for each of these super pop- superheroes, but there is an evil so terrible that the only thing we can do is go into the prisons and let out all the people <laughs> that were captured by the superheroes for terrorizing them and then have them work for us. But we don't trust them. And they're going to go get the bad guys. Get the fuck out of here with that story. What a stupid story. I can't even believe it. Also, the first movie, saw in theaters with my mom. Weird. And uh, yeah. in this movie... 
Margot Robbie was awesome. She was great in it. Will Smith, who I usually fucking hate in almost everything he does, right. was awesome in this movie. Yes, he was. He was really good. Yeah, yeah he was. Especially in the first half. Yeah, he was great. And I still thought the movie was horseshit. Right. So, yeah. I, and you were right. It was. And though all those three things were true and they could all exist. Uh, you know, you can have a couple good performances, but it was just so bad. And honestly, I remember watching that movie... And the first act, I was like, text you guys. I was like, dude, what are you talking about? This movie's great. And you're like, keep, where are you at? I'm like, here, keep watching. <laughs> and then like an hour later, I text you. I was like, wow, what a piece of shit. It so, really fell apart. So, I mean, after all is said and done, I mean, it seems pretty obvious to me. Do we care? Yes. Yes, I we care. do. We do. We do. Well, and then one, one small thing to add is, you know, we always talk about writers and directors. And I think so far in James Gunn, we trust. So yep. I'll, we'll follow him along. That's really, that's the reason we care. Mm-hmm. It is. Mm-hmm. All right, guys, uh, next up, Ellen. You know that silly, funny, dancing talk show host, Ellen, uh, is is hanging up the, the shoes, hanging up the dancing yeah. shoes. Is officially going to be done at the end of the year, is it? I don't know. I don't She's care. gone. She's announced the end. Yeah. I, I don't care. I don't like Ellen at all. Yeah. Hey, everyone, remember, be kind to yourself, but be really mean to all your assistants. <laughs> that should be your tagline. Well, um, according to her, it was all orchestrated. This is yeah. all, or she's the victim here. This is all an orchestrated coup attempt for people right. to actively cancel their own jobs. <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. That which makes no sense at all. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, you know, it's like you know, these days we we do better by believing victims, and uh, unfortunately, she's the one in a tremendous place of power, and uh, I don't think she she did right by a lot of people, so. Well, th- and she quit in a weird the- way by saying, like, it's not a challenge anymore, whatever. Um, yeah. I think okay. that she didn't like not being a, really mean to everyone. And she said, fuck this. I'd rather not do it. Well, I've already made a bag full of money. Like, I, oh. I couldn't care less anymore. Her and you Portia know? are set for life. What do they care? And there's something to be said about, like, you know, it's one of those things where look, looking back on some of her pranks, like, she would sneak into people's dressing rooms to, like, scare them. That's still, that's kind of weird. Like, it seemed funny at the time. But now you're like, wait a minute. Right. She was sneaking into their dressing rooms. That's weird. That's bizarre. Shouldn't I shouldn't really, be doing it anyway. I really am going to miss the um, once every two weeks when someone jumped up in the middle of the interview. Yeah, jumped up, scared everybody. For, for 18 years in a row. Yeah. Can we move on? Every two weeks. Goodbye. Um, I, don't, I don't care that Ellen's gone. I also care that she's gone somehow simultaneously. I'm still going to say don't care to the story. Um, I'm going to say don't care because I don't want to uh, give Ellen the the uh, northeast rub. Well, that's what I mean. Like I care that she's I care that she's finally being uh, held accountable. Yeah, I I wouldn't watch I wouldn't watch the Ellen show if I was paid to daily. That being said, if she ever was a guest on a podcast, oh. we would we <laughs> would just say the nicest oh. things ever. I We'd would be like, those silly employees. You know they were full of shit, right, Ellen? Oh God, yeah, whiny little. Uh, they did not appreciate the opportunity you gave them. Yeah, they you should know. your fucking coffee faster. <laughs> <laughs> Do you need anything, Ellen? What can we get you? All right, guys. Uh, finally, something that um, Ryan will not shut up about. James and I, not so into it. But Ryan, you are one third of the show. So fine. We, we've been begging for weeks. The friends... Reunion is official and the trailer is coming. We better let just Ryan talk about it because he's so excited, dude. You guys aren't part of the David Schwimmer fan club? I thought we were all, I thought I signed you guys up for that. Dude, it's you and your cousin. No one's in that. No one cares about (laughs) David Schwimmer. Stop. It's getting weird. (laughs) 
I literally don't know if I've I've probably watched. I mean, I would I would say I remember two episodes of Friends, but I probably watched forty episodes of Friends in my life, just like because okay. it's on at all times. And right. I think that my the number of times I've laughed, I would say zero, but I think that's unfair because I've, it's probably one or two times that I laughed. Yeah. I mean, I think there was a time when like everybody's everybody was more used to sitcoms and they would, I don't know, they were just more open to that type of humor and that sort of like, I don't know, just setting up the joke, repeat, setting up the joke, repeat and that that structure. And I think it was pretty good at that. And I laughed at that a little bit. And I, you know, it was fun when I was like 12, but it's, it's not some fantastic show. It was just a huge hit. That's all it really was. Uh, it doesn't mean it's fantastic work. And I mean, but, and you're also talking about like, I mean, really, this is like Jennifer Aniston, prime Jennifer Aniston, right? right? Came from, came out of nowhere kind of on this show. I mean, she was in like a few movies before that, but like, this is where she really rose to stardom. Um, and so sort of became the focal point of the show for the most part. Like she was involved in most, most of the the big plot pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you had you know, some love interest in amongst the cast, which people cared about then too. That was also a big thing was like one, like when characters got together on a show and it like worked or didn't work, you know, they were on and off or we were on a break and all that stuff. Oh, yeah. um, so, I mean, the show was so popular. I mean, that was the Thursday night, must-see TV, NBC. Um, they needed a show to fill in after Seinfeld, you know, and friends took the reins and ran with it. And it was like, I mean, they were making a million dollars an episode each yeah. by the time the show ended, which was humongous money. Like just insane So yeah, like money. all of them were making like 20 million a year or whatever. The, it was crazy. Right. So it was a big show. I couldn't care less about the reunion at all. Um, and, I mean, you're just so you know, cringe. I'm not going to lie. I used to love friends, like as an immature, you know, young adult, if you will. So Ryan, um, we were totally fucking with you. Eric got it going. I jumped on board, but I didn't really realize that you kind of did really love friends at one point in your life. I did. I thought it, I, 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 you know, based my Thursday nights on being able, you know, to watch friends like in, you know, sometimes. So, um, it was, doesn't speak very highly about my college, uh, fun times, but, um, it was a, it was a really like it was a really entertaining show. I looked forward to it. I cared about the characters, and I think that's just maybe a symptom of what was available too. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, there was it was CBS, NBC, ABC, and Fox, mm-hmm. and that was kind of it. Like, you know, my my parents weren't shelling out dough for an HBO subscription, but that was just movies back then. They weren't really doing shows, so like you had you know fifteen shows maybe to watch during the week, and you found your favorite two and and rolled with it. You know, and Friends was the best of the best at that. Yeah. Time. That's a so, good point. Yeah. I mean, as far as at the time, I might have said Friends is my, you know, after Seinfeld was over, right? You're like, yeah, this is the funniest, sh- my favorite funny show. But, that, you mm-hmm. know, put it up now against all these amazing options we have. So yeah. the show was on from two, or 1994 to 2004. So I was like six to 16 years old. But I don't think it was like that popular at the end. Um, like, no, it definitely, I mean, it, it wasn't. It faded off for a while and then it got really popular with, oh, this is the final season and there's going to be a big marriage between what Ross and Rachel or whatever it was. And so when was and it like, like it peaked interest? It's almost like the same with The Office, right? Where like nobody gave a fuck for a while. You know, Steve had left the show and then, oh, but Jim and Pam are going to get married. So let's watch the final season. What was the like peak of Friends? A smelly Cat? I don't no, know. I would, I would Naked say like. Naked Window Guy? Later. It was 1994 to 2004. Like when was it like the most popular? I would say from like 98 to 2001 was okay. probably the epitome of it. Okay. Yeah, that sounds right. 
I won't watch this no matter what happens. But guys, yeah. it does lead us perfectly into our next segment. Overrated, underrated, properly rated. Jennifer Aniston. Here we go. Oh, 1993's, boy. 1993's Leprechaun. Doesn't make oh, a movie again. You guys have seen these Leprechaun movies? No. They're all bad, right? But like, you know, they needed like a really beautiful young girl to live. I think she was, the, you know, there's always in these movies, there's like six teens a jock, maybe a black guy. You got like the quirky girl and then the main girl. And it was always like the main girl who lived. I think that was at least her, to her credit. She got the kind of girl who lived. Okay. She doesn't make a movie till 1996's Dream for an Insomniac. And she's the one. Okay. Never heard of it. She's in uh, Picture Perfect and Till There Was You in 97. Nope. The Thin Pink Line, uh, The Object of My Affection in 98. In oh my god, had she turned to porno at that point? That sounds really, <laughs> really bad. Uh, all right, 99 is maybe her best year, okay? Office Space and The Iron Giant. Okay, yeah, she played the mom. I remember that. And then, uh, obviously, Office Space, tiny part in that movie. You may forget that she was even in it. Uh, 2001, she makes one of the best movies that was all, only ever on VH1, I'm pretty sure. And that is the movie Rockstar. Oof, <laughs> really? <laughs> Never saw it. Uh, then uh, The Good Girl, uh, Bruce okay. Almighty, Along Came Polly, mm-hmm. Derailed, Rumor Has It. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's She's just literally just a string Central. of shitty rom-coms. Mm-hmm. Friends with Money, The Breakup, Movies 101, Management, Marley and Me. Wasn't going to see that movie no matter what happened. Oh, you couldn't handle it? No. Brutal. No. Brutal. Everyone was like, oh my gosh, this weekend I watched Marley and Me. And I watched it. Dude, it's got, it's Owen Wilson. It's your guy. The person yeah. there was bawling. It was magical. I'm like, ugh, no, I'm good. I watched um, it. I Eric, cried. Eric, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you right now, Marley and Me is not what you think. Okay. Why? It's not, it's exactly it's not what, you, no, it's not what he thinks. Like, it's not like, uh, it's not like Beethoven. Like, well, the dog fucked the whole house up again. Like that, that is such a small part of the movie. Um, <laughs> it's, a, it's, dude, it's a good movie. The I'm only gonna... difference is, is that Beethoven doesn't die at the end. <laughs> Although at 250 pounds, the dog would die of heart failure at like three years old, but let's, yeah. let's move on. All right, love happens. He's just not that into you. The switch, the bounty oh, hunter, horrible bosses. Just go. Okay, away. that was pretty funny. She was good. Hey, let's give her credit where it's due. Right, a small part, but like a flip for her. She had never played like. I guess it's funny. I, you know what? That's pretty fucked up. That whole role is like sexual harassment, but it's funny because it's a woman. That's all weird, anyways. Yeah, Wonderlust. We're the Millers. Life of crime. Uh, call me crazy. She's funny that way. Cake, Horrible Bosses 2, Mother's Day, Storks, Office Christmas Party, The Yellow Birds, Dumplin', and my favorite Jennifer Aniston movie ever, Murder Mystery. Okay. Wow. She's she's never really done anything good, has she? (laughs) (laughs) Well, she's made a boatload of money doing horrible, terrible movies for the most part. My favorite movies that she's in uh, would be... Office Space, which she's not really that big of a character in. She's not the reason it's good. Uh, Bruce Almighty, which is... Not the reason it's good. Mostly a bad movie, too. And Murder Mystery. Those would be my three favorite Jennifer Aniston. If she had a part in that being good. I'll give her that. Like, it, if it hadn't been her and it had been some other, like, you know, actress, maybe that wouldn't have been as good. Wow. Dude, I'll tell you what. I didn't realize, like, Drew Barrymore had a way better career than Jennifer Aniston, but I do oh. know. Oh, oh, wait. I mean, I just didn't know. 
I think these Aniston. were interchangeable people, but Jennifer Aniston is pretty rough. Wow. I mean, pretty I guess overrated, dude. I just didn't realize she just was responsible for only bad stuff. Massively, massively overrated. All right, guys, here we go. Moving on. Hot Rex. We're starting out with Netflix's massive everywhere you look, Jupiter's legacy. Yeah. This is a Josh Dumel, Minnesota Vikings. Who we fan. love, who we want to support and we love. He's a big Vikings fan. Yeah. yeah. Friends yeah. with Nick Swartzen, you know. My claim sat next to him at or sat two seats away from him at a Minnesota Vikings game. That's cool. Nice well, I bet game. he was really nice. I bet he interacted with people, oh. took pictures. Took pictures. Super nice, super knowledgeable Vikings fan. Great guy. That's the only story I've ever heard about him is that he just hangs out in Minnesota and in South Dakota. Yeah. Or North Dakota, whichever the Dakotas he represents in those ads. Dakota, Dakota. And super, super nice guy. Um, all right. Jupiter's Legacy is supposedly this book series, and it's like this high budget, expensive superhero show. And I watched one episode. I believe Jimmy watched half an episode. No, I think I made it almost to the end, or I made it to the end of the first, I think. This show is horrible. <laughs> <laughs> this show is horrible. Um, I don't even know where it could go to save itself. Um, it can't. I, I think the worst part about it is that I hate the style it's filmed in so much that there's nothing that they could do to save it. It just looks bad, doesn't it? it just looks bad. It looks like it's and then they talk. To look expensive. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. supposed to look like the effects are so cool, but they're like so overdone that it looks awful. Oh, the effects are bad. I mean, the, the costumes are bad. The makeup is so bad. And you know what's so funny? So they get Josh Dumel mm -hmm. and then some other actress who I've seen in a bunch of stuff. Can't remember her name. Let's and then they, they split into two timelines. One where he's supposed to be 20. Josh Dumel, who's probably 40-something years old, is playing a 25-year-old in half the show. And then the other half, he's playing like a 65 or 70-year-old. So he he's always in stupid makeup the whole fucking time. He never looks cool. So, yeah, this movie, dude, all, I just watched it and I was like, this is one of the cheesiest things I've ever seen. This is a CW show before they figured out how to make decent DC superhero movies. I just don't know um, if this show is, is good enough to be on the CW. I, honestly, it probably isn't because the CW, from all accounts, has Arrow and has like, you know, some decent superhero stuff. This isn't it, bro. Well, what this about, was a one episode, and then I read, and then I watched that, and thought, "Holy God, this was bad." Let me read some reviews. Reviews were terrible, so I said, "I don't think I need to watch three. This doesn't need to be a JC three situation." Ryan, did you watch any of it? No. All right. Thank thankfully you didn't. You were spared. Yeah, it's it, really bad. Uh, it's currently, from a critic standpoint, is at a thirty eight. Yeah. On Rotten Tomatoes, and the users give it a seventy four, which is pretty telling <laughs> that it's only seventy four. That's I think fucking I would, generous. I would say it's one of the worst things I've watched in a long time. So yeah. All wow. right, uh, Jim, you watched Halston? Is that on HBO? No, it's on Netflix. Netflix. And dude, do you guys love Ewan McGregor too? Uh, he is yeah. just always here. He plays like this gay seventies fashion designer, Halston, uh, real guy. You know, I had never heard of him, but he was famous, especially like you know. I guess he was like peaking during like the you know Studio sixty four. Is that what it's called? Days fifty four. Um, you know, and this is like a hard R show. It's very, it's like graphic. It's crazy. It's almost like watching like a like a Elton John biopic or something. But it's this fashion designer guy. But it's easy watching. My wife likes it, and it's really brilliant. And Ewan McGregor is just, he's one of my favorite actors. He absolutely disappears into this role, and I forget that it's him. And it's just this Halston guy. 
it's a really well done show. It's like, it's got some really great performances. It's got good writing. It's everything. It may not be everybody's subject matter. It's not my subject matter, to be honest. And I still like it. So it's definitely a wreck for anybody that was into like, you know, 70s period pieces. It's very cool. It's got a lot of drug use, kind of like, you know, living fast shit. It's a good show. It, it is good. It just not might not be for everybody. Maybe some of our audience wouldn't be into it and some would. All right. Well, speaking of uh, things that all of our audience might not be into, but maybe some will, uh, that'd be Mayor of Easttown. Yeah, Ryan, yeah. You're, you're way into this, eh? Dude, I like the show. Mm-hmm. I I don't like... So we talked about, um, you know, the contriveness of Venom, right? This show does not have that. The show is pretty unconventional, if a little bit, like, typical of kind of like the female lead character and, you know, lots of... Lots of balls, like juggling lots of balls in the air, you know, and, and trying to find time for everything, mm-hmm. but like really cares about her job and that hurts her personal life and, and things like that. But this show touches on a lot of different um, aspects of like a detective's life that you wouldn't necessarily think about. It's not just about like this isn't like a Rust Cole type story where it's, you know, like uh, as Woody Harrelson says, you're at home beating off to murder manuals, you know, like that, like kind of thing this is a i think this is a really well-written show kate winslet is like the female version of ewan mcgregor like 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 you were saying like she she is totally believable as mayor um very flawed and you know kind of one of those like doing the best that she can but making horrible decisions along the way one thing i'll add right at that moment if i can ryan is that like one of my favorite things about the show and you just touched on it is that she's a really flawed character but how often is it like the greatest detective in the world, a very flawed person? We've seen that so many times over and over again. A amazing artist, flawed person. She's like a flawed person and also a flawed detective. Yeah. <laughs> like, you yeah, know, like, like her actual work has like problems with it and she's distracted. And sometimes she does these amazing things and sometimes she fucking misses stuff or she doesn't care enough. Um, You know, just even caring about some of these big cases. So. I just like that part. I just thought, thought it was cool that she's a flawed person and a flawed, you know, detective. So she's she's more real, you know, than yeah. Than most it makes it way shows, more real. Right? Yeah, and I think the show is unequivocally fantastic. Yeah. I, I would I would suggest that if anyone is looking for a show like like a drama type show, but also not like way over the top, right? This is very dialed. You know, it knows its pace. It knows what story it's trying to tell. And it stays right within that realm the entire time. So far, um, you know, it's only one a week. Um, it may get a little crazy at the end. Who knows? But um, so far, I think this is this is a hot HBO wreck, in my opinion. Oh, it's interesting. There's not a lot of options with like brand new stuff that's dropping right now, right? So for me, Eric, you may be interested. This is probably my my belt holder right now. And it's not my favorite show ever. It's just we're sort of, you know, uh, Loki hasn't premiered yet. And it's not going to for a little bit. So, you know, what we have is uh, is probably Mayor of Easttown, I think, on HBO Max is probably as good as it gets right now. I would and it's agree. good. But Invincible is still my favorite show. But Mayor of but Easttown is still that's really, over. really good. That did, for me, that yeah. did hold the belt for many weeks. But that's over. Okay, guys. Yeah. So I, I have to go back because I blew it. Uh, not doing good hosting. I told everyone earlier. I teased earlier, which I rarely oh. do. Later in the show that I'd come back and tell you my least favorite storyline. And my least favorite storyline was actually from Jupiter Rising, whatever it was called. And Jupiter's Legacy. But who gives a fuck what it's called? Uh, and so to me, it's such a basic storyline. It's in everything that I hate the most. There's a hero. His kids um, want him to be a dad or her to be a mom. 
And then they're going to, well, I'm going to take you all for ice cream. And then something happens and then they have to leave. But then their stupid fucking kids can't just be happy that their dad is a fucking superhero. They have to be like, well, why do you have to go? I thought you were going to take me to ice cream. I'm, I'm deeply up. hurt forever by this. Yeah. Weird. No, no, you aren't. That is crazy. What shitty storytelling that is. That is such a lame storyline. Dude, can you imagine your life if your dad had been like Superman? It'd be dope. One, you'd be super rich and super famous. Two, your social media would be like, you'd automatically start with 5 million followers. Everyone would want to be your friend. Everyone would want to date you. Your life would be fucking sick. Who cares if your dad can't take you out to ice cream? Counterpoint, finish watching Invincible and then come back to me and tell me you still feel that way. Ooh, I like that. I like that take a lot. And just a quick check in on that, Eric. How much did you watch this week of Invincible? I don't I don't think any. <laughs> it's, the best show that you can, it's the best show you haven't seen right now. Okay. I, think. I still want to watch it. Uh, there's no reason for me to stop other than just my life is kind of busy right now. You're busy, yeah. And, and so... I have about three more weeks of uh, being really busy before things kind of chill out. So hopefully I can get a little of that in. I'm excited about it. All right. Thriller Hot Rex, Love Death Robots season two. Jim, you've been watching it. Is this worth a watch? Oh, yeah, it's great. I think it's actually better than season one. I I didn't know if it would be or not. Um, Dude, this is a weird show. It's on Netflix. A season dropped maybe two years ago out of the blue. Had not literally the first time I ever heard of it. It was just on Netflix, right? And I just clicked it. And it was, my mind was blown by seven to 20 minute shorts, computer animated um, with questionable writing and dialogue and bad voice acting sometimes. And um, usually looked amazing and sometimes was really bad. Um, I would say maybe it has about the track record of Black Mirror for success of an episode. About 35% of them are bangers and then 20% of them are trash. And, uh, you know, then you got your middle ground. So this is like really weird and you could watch the whole thing in an hour and a half and you should because it's so different and so funny and just isn't, it has no laws at all. I mean, it's just as hardcore as it, as it wants to be. And then you watch the next one and it's totally different. It's completely different. Um, but it's, you know, some of these, these visuals are incredible and some of the stories, like the amount of, you know, twists and turns and, and character development you can cram into 15 minutes sometimes is amazing. It's um, pretty solid the way they yeah. do that on some like, of them. Like, oh my yeah. God, I really give a fuck about this guy. I just met him, but this is a crazy like the, story. Uh, it's really cool. So the, they're just great, they were, shows. just great shows. Like in season one, when they were defending the farm and like the mechanized robots. Love that. Or whatever. Like you you really felt like you knew the character somehow and you had just met them and that five was, minutes ago. that was ago. maybe a 20 minute one, right? That one was a little mm-hmm. longer. Um, definitely probably one of their premiere ones, but dude, I... So the first two of season four wasn't that into three and four loved. And that's where I stopped. And I can't wait to watch the rest. I think there's eight, maybe, maybe Eric, 10. Didn't your brother, didn't your brother say over text that love, love death and robot season two is a 99. Yeah. It's, I guess I'm gonna have to watch both seasons. You should, man. You I'm should. like random TV that I'm going to have to catch up on here. Well, here's the thing you started. Yes. And if you're like, I'm not sure I'm into this one. By the time you made up your mind, it's over. <laughs> and then you'd be like, or, all right, that one wasn't that cool. What's the next one like? And it starts instantly. And you're just like, it's perfect for people with ADHD. Or wow. if you just skip, like, if you're like, I don't like this one after 10 minutes, just skip it. No, who, yeah. cares? who cares? There's no information you're going to get in the last seven minutes that's going to change your mind. So just skip it and move on. Um, so so let's talk about Eric's backlog of shit to watch, right? He's got oh, Invincible. God. Homework time. Love Death of the Robots, both seasons. Uh, Saving Private Ryan and Hereditary. And that's it. And then he's done. 
That's not bad. It's not too much. All right, guys. Uh, last thing, MythQuest. Is that what it, is that what it's called? Myth. Well, you don't have to like string it. It's not MythQuest. I thought it was it's Mythic word. Quest. Mythic Quest. It's really one of like the worst names for any <laughs> any show I've ever heard of. I'll give it to you. That I mean, what like literally, this show came and went for me so quick that I was like, I I just watched. And this is before anybody knew anything about it. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, it quest. sounded like it sounded like he said mythic west like that like it's wet like mythic west but he said <laughs> it, he put it to mythic west <laughs> mythic quest it's mythic quest and it's on so it's on apple plus apple tv plus which most of the people that are listening to this have we all have i don't even know it yeah you probably <laughs> don't even know it if you bought an apple device in the last two years you have it if you have, you know, an Apple TV, you just have it at least for a year. You get it for a year and then we'll see what happens. I'm still in my first year trial, so that's why I have it. But, you know, I, this new season came out and it's three episodes into the new season and it's got like these amazing reviews. You know, this is like um, Rob McElhenney, McElhenney from Matt, It's Matt Always Funny. Yes, he's brilliant. He's so good. He's kind of the lead, but it's a big ensemble. It's like this studio that maybe made like a Warcraft type of game at one point, And now they're trying to come up with new DLCs and new content and just manage the, the amazing growth of this game and toxic users and all the things that would come up. And it's really good. And it, it sort of reminds me of like Parks and Rec. If you guys watched the first season, you remember how bad it was. And the first season of this is already way better. And the second season is like str- hitting strides. So with all comedies, you guys have seen a bad first season and then you see them figure it out and it gets amazing, right? I mean, 30 Rock first season was weird and then it got great. So I'm excited for the show. I think it has major potential to be a big, big show in like a couple more years by season three. Everyone's going to be talking about it and then going back to watch season one and two to catch up. I'm just trying to get ahead of it now. And I think it's it's big. So is this, uh, oh my gosh, I just lost. Oh, so is this a little bit like um, Silicon Valley? Yes. In that regard? A little bit. Like- but Silicon Valley, um, it takes itself more seriously. Okay. Um, this that's That gets very like, the main character's always so... Uh, freaking out and you very, know, and this is meta. more like yeah. this is more like the main character is like way silly confident almost like Michael Scott I think he you know his character is a little okay. bit more like confident no matter what everything seems to be crumbling and he has this confidence he usually causes problems but I think you guys will like the show I've been sort of trying to get you to watch it maybe you will once you hear like 17 more reviews out in the real world that tell you to watch it but I, I think it's we're on to, onto something here guys okay okay Okay. All right, guys. What time it is? Oh boy. Oh. It's time for this rewatch. Will self destruct. Can't wait. You like that I'm sticking with the limp biscuit? Good comes to bad, the bad <laughs> comes to good. Cause I'ma live my life like I should, like I should. Ooh. All right, guys. Oh, so here we go. Mission Impossible Three. This is officially where we get started with uh, Mission Impossible. Uh, yeah. I disagree. I know you guys had texted that. I don't agree. I thought the first one was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, two was obviously a step back. We we rehashed that. But I thought to, to say that the, I think maybe the more, if you want to say the more modern Mission Impossible starts with three is fine. But the first one was still really good. I you agree, but it wasn't part of the series. <laughs> you guys remember when we did the Marvel rewatch and we watched Iron Man 1 and we were like, damn, Iron Man 1 is really good. But like, yeah. you watched Iron Man yeah. 1 and then you watched 
Endgame. Like, you'd be like, oh my gosh, we're way better at making movies. Like, Iron Man 1 is like a third as good. It's good for no, when it... No, Iron Man 1 is just as good. Iron Man 1 is one of the best MCU oh, movies of all time. It's got like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, not the third act. I'm talking about the first two. Um, I, I got a suit too, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> well, my point is just like, one was good, three was like a different level of movie. Man. And... Yeah. I was so excited by it. Now, three doesn't exist without one, Ryan. So I agree that one is important and still really nice. Um, but like, wow, this movie was fantastic. Yeah, it was electric. Yep. So where do we start on this one? Well, first, let me just set the scene a little bit. Okay, we've had, th- and this is now the third director that's touched this franchise. And I think it's best yet. Um, so J.J. Abrams directed this, and it was written by all his buddies that did Lost, that Lindelof, that he still works with, right? Mm-hmm. So it it came into talent before they were like big, big time. You know, this is sort of like when we were doing the Alien rewatch, and we're like, it's a different director every time, and every single director went on to do massive fucking things. Well, this is J.J. Abrams' maybe first movie he directed, so first big one. Yeah, first major studio type right. movie. Like yes. franchise, especially. So this movie starts out with like you get the the flat like it happens middle point of the movie, but they play it out in the beginning. So you're introduced to Michelle Moynihan right away, Tom Cruise, and Philip Seymour Hoffman are all in this scene oh. right off the bat, and it's just like you think she's you know she died, and it's just so intense, what so dark, so intense. Scene. What a scene! Yeah, incredible. <laughs> I mean, especially like. Well, we ha- we haven't like I don't think at that point in time what was that like oh four maybe oh five like starting with such a major kind of breaking point in the movie mm-hmm. to open it up with was groundbreaking like dude we're gonna show one of the most intense scenes in the movie and tease it like right out of the gate yep yep and then they flash back and and you lead up to it oh Philip Seymour Hoffman in this movie was so evil so smart like just everything he did i was just like oh he's perfect yeah he's perfect and he was and i think the best thing about his character was that it was if anything he was underplaying it yeah. which made it which made it even like more terrifying yeah yeah he he really played it subtle and this was sort of before everyone was like oh my god philip seymour hoffman is a really really amazing academy award winning actor um they had it good and they didn't even know it. Oh, he, he's so good. He, like you're saying, he underacts this so much that I like believed it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He, was like, he was, it was it, like boring for him. He was like such an evil guy that like this shit is routine, you know? Oh, it was just great. So you get through that whole thing. You dive into Tom Cruise's new life. They tease him with this um, mission to go rescue uh, a... I don't know, someone who is just like him. Captured MI6 agent, yeah. Yeah, so he goes after that. He ends up getting on this mission. And I kind of thought the whole, like, him sneaking around, pretending to be, uh, I don't even remember, a roads expert or something. Yeah, department Department of transportation guy. Yeah, Yeah, so I thought that was all fun. He goes on this mission. He, like, gets to her who is in rough shape, gives her a shot of adrenaline, looks like they're going to make this amazing escape. But then the thing goes off in her head and she dies. Yeah. Yeah. There was a charge planted in there. Um, Hardcore right now. Hey, you brushed over the fact that Aaron Paul, as a teenager, pops up as, like, did you see him? Aaron Paul? 
the brother. Yeah, that was yeah. Michelle Moynihan's little brother that like fucked up later. Um, but I just thought we'll like, get to that. Move on past that. I already thought this is supposed to be ten years retired. Apparently, yeah. So they jumped way forward where he has not been in the field for ten years. He's training. He's a family man. And um, I kind of bought that. I was like, wow, this is so much more relatable and likable than him being like some cocky, like dick slinger guy that like is mean to everybody. And that's our hero. Like that shit. They just moved past all like the tropes of early action movies and got into something where like, well, maybe we should like the main character. I don't know. I think that their biggest mistake in the first two movies was that I didn't like Ethan Hunt or whatever his name is. Yeah, right. That's I didn't fair. Like him at all in the movies. And I actually thought that Tom Cruise and his character were the worst part of the first two movies, knowing that I had already watched the last four movies and loved him and his character. And so it was almost kind of like weird to go back and be like, oh, damn, he sucks. You know, and like, yeah, well, and you can you could blame the, a little bit of that on direction, right? Where, oh, where sure. you know. It's it's not it's the writing and then it's the way that the director is saying I want you to deliver this stuff and John Woo was awful for <laughs> yeah. Ethan Hunt's character like and that, especially if you if you line it up right next to J.J. Abrams Ethan Hunt you're like I have no interest in seeing MI two Ethan's MI two's Ethan Hunt ever again right and you didn't you will never so uh, he ends up going on this mission to capture. Whoever I don't even know what his name is, but uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman's character Owen Owen Davian is his Owen name. Davian. So they go on this mission to go capture him, and that was pretty cool. Where they like the Vatican uh, stuff. Yeah, that so, was the Vatican was great. So hold on, let's back up a second though. So after the Agent Ferris uh, failure, we got to meet another character that was kind of unexpected too, especially at the time, which was uh, Morpheus. Yep. Lawrence Fishburne, right? Lawrence Fishburne, yeah. Um, And so we got to meet his character, who I thought was awesome as like an MI6 boss. Like he was like a no bullshit. Like he was like, this was planned poorly and executed worse. And I was like, I was like sitting in attention, like, sorry, man. Like I felt like I was in the meeting, like, ah, shit, we fucked up. Damn it. What are we going to do to fix this? Yeah. And then when I was watching this, I was like, this is good. I really like this. You know, the kind of politics behind, you know, who's making the decisions for these missions, right? All that shit played. But I was also like, wait a minute, where's Ahop? Where's Anthony Hopkins? Did he retire? I mean, I guess, you know, it's been 10 years. Just moved on from him. That's okay. That's what they do. Yeah, he's not in charge anymore. We don't know why. So they go to the Vatican to make this whole mission to go capture Philip Seymour Hoffman. And they get him. They get him. And that was a really cool uh, scene where they get him in the bathroom and they have the masks on and they're tagging people. And like and the mask, the mask worked. The mask worked in this because they, they they did it subtly enough. You, they showed you how they made it. Eric, were you psyched yep. on that? Yeah, no, that was cool. Because you were pissed. You were like, oh, dude, you just ha- magically has a mask, you know, for every situation. Yeah. Well, they kind of showed the box, how it works and how it takes, you know, these reference photos and it takes 20 minutes or whatever. And you got it. So J- I like J.J. That Abrams. That's usually like the boring stuff. Like, okay, but where did Tom Cruise shop for that perfect priest costume? I need to know where he got that in this amount of time. That's the boring stuff. And they showed just enough so that you believed everything else. Mm-hmm. T- today I learned J.J. Abrams invented 3D printing. There you go. Absolutely. So you find out about this thing called rabbit's foot as well, which um, the level of uh, curiosity that the characters had about it and the lack of knowledge that they had about it made me want to like have a whole movie called rabbits. Yeah, this pretty much was, I mean, this thing was all about this, you know, 
Did you guys remember like in Pulp Fiction where there was the briefcase and nobody, it was all about where's the briefcase? I need the briefcase. You never saw inside it. They opened it up one point. It was like glowing gold and you never found out what was in it. Yeah. This was the rabbit's foot is the briefcase from that movie. So they get the briefcase with whatever rabbit's foot is and they get him on a plane and they are trying to interrogate him. And then Ethan like practically throws him out the door and hangs him out the door. Dude, that scene was awesome. I mean, just for Ethan to go that hard and you're like, yeah, we got him. Tom Cruise, about to show him what's up. And Philip Seymour doesn't even blink. It's like, who are you? Oh, your name's Ethan? I'm going to kill, you know, and he, oh, it was just so cold-blooded. What an amazing scene. Do you have a girlfriend? Do you have a wife? I'll find her. I'll find her. And I'm I'll hurt her. And you'll watch. Just like, oh, it's just creepy. I believed every word that he said. Yeah, that's why it made it scary. I was like, this is going to happen. And you sort of know it is going to, too, at the time, because you'd seen the flashback. So eventually they, like, are transporting him and this, I don't know, some kind of military planes start, like, bombing the bridge. Is that right? The bridge is crazy. Like drones. Drones start blowing shit up. And then there's other, like, helicopters of, you know whatever you want to call them, mercenaries, whatever his, you know, personal army and guards or whatever coming to rescue him. Just nuts. I love that. And you guys remember when that one missile hit a car and then Tom Cruise gets thrown against the other car? Mm -hmm. That's one of those things that when I saw it, I'm like, oh yeah, my mind had not forgotten that image. There it is. You know, it was just really iconic to me. No, it was great. And then, so he escapes, you see him leaving on the helicopter and then instantly Ethan is worried about his wife and she gets taken from her place of work which is like a hospital and now he has to like communicate with um whatever his name is to get the get the briefcase back Mm -hmm. so they end up in china the the rabbit's foot the rabbit's foot yeah they're in shanghai at this point because that's where the rabbit's foot is is now like being kept in some you know skyscraper in shanghai Chinese military guarded skyscrapers. Here's where one of the weaker parts of it is. Okay. It is mission impossible. I get it. But I wish that part of the impossible part wasn't always that they had zero time because they give him 48 hours to do this. And he's so prepared by the time they go out and do it. I mean, they've got all these costumes and all these people in place and these contraptions to swing and acrobat into this, you know, hey, there's our third movie with Ethan on a wire again. So that happens in every movie. Uh, well, it was only they, give them give they, them like on. you have a week. I just need a week. And to me, that makes it more believable. They could pull this off. But whatever. But they did get to Shanghai in the in the whatever the Airbnb that they were staying in. Right. And. Um, he was like, here's my idea. And it, he, he did say, you know, we can get that gear here. Like, yeah, I know. And got, I was like, oh, that's nothing. supposed to make me feel okay about it. it, it that was, was for me. And I did appreciate it, Ryan. You're right. Yeah. A little, a little too convenient, right? That like, okay, sure. But you guys are supposed to be off the grid. How are you? You know, but anyway, yeah. but so then they, they, they improvise and they do something really cool. I also love how, like, as soon as Tom Cruise, like, which by the way, Let's give credit to this drawing with the grease pen or the Mm -hmm. grease pencil on the window of the buildings and then like doing the math on the the window was absolutely brilliant. Like so cool. And he figured out, hey, if we go to the top of this building, we can swing over onto the roof of the other one, does some quick trigonometry, bam, bam, they're good to go. All right, guys. So eventually uh, he gets it and then he brings it to this like weird house where his wife is being kept. You get this scene 
Um, oh, no, I'm sorry. He gets in a vehicle and he has to like take a drug. And when he wakes up, he's like in a chair. Is that right? Yes. And yes. then his wife it- is there. And they interrogate him. And that scene that we already saw to start the movie happens. And of course, once again, anytime you are very concerned about someone dying or something actually changing in the plot, just remember the mask. Because once again, just like in in, uh, the second movie where you thought Ethan Hunt maybe got shot and then it was somebody wearing his mask, someone gets shot here and it was someone wearing his wife's mask. So kind of a, a, a cheap fake out there, but she's not dead. She's alive. And then from there, it was all like pretty bang, bang, a little bit anticlimactic in the third act, to be honest. You find out that the guy who he thought was on his side in MI6 was actually, um, it's not MI6, by the way, that's James. It's not MI6. That's, yeah. MFI or MIF. Mission Impossible Force or something really stupid. Possible MIF, yeah. Or something. IMF. IMF Force, yeah. Yeah. So, so uh, he finds out that the guy he thought was on his side there was actually the villain um, who was helping this entire time. Yeah. Uh, that guy ends I up. I saw that coming, but whatever. Guy gets killed. He has a brutal fight with uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman, and eventually he has this charge in his head that's going to go off, and he has to like kill himself temporarily, like shock himself to death, or have his wife do it. Well, like. It, it blows up the charge, but it also stops his heart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then she revives him while she's also like in a shootout with people. That was a little much. I, I wasn't a huge fan of the last 15 minutes of this movie, but overall it was fantastic. It was a little anticlimactic to sort of have like out of shape Philip Seymour Hoffman in a fair fight with Ethan Hunt because he's like all fucked up from this charge. Mm-hmm. He literally Davies gets run over by a truck and to him, the other bad guy gets shot by the wife and of him. And then it's a really clean ending, like a happy, let's go off and get married and live like a happy life. Super quick ending. Oh, they, um, they were strolling through like the the streams of Shanghai, like yeah, nothing just had happened. It. Yeah. yeah, so a little weird of an ending, but you know, this whole thing is like, like Eric said, this is the first movie in the modern franchise. And it's, plan- we'll hear more from Michelle Moynihan. We're going to see the kind of like, you know, risk that comes to his marriage throughout these, so... This is really the first movie out of a, you know, a, the last four. So I'm I'm really excited. This was by far the best out of the three. See, I think that the one thing that they're missing here was that they don't really do recurring characters in Bond and in Born. Those right. women sadly always get killed or are evil. <laughs> yeah. And so they just kind of move along by like, oh, James does is in love with her. She's dead. Yeah. Now he's pissed. Or James is in love with her. Oh, she's a bad guy. And then, yeah, two things. Two things I want to call out in this movie that I thought were like great. One, the introduction of Simon Pegg, who yeah, small uh, part in this one, very small part. But Benji is his name, and mm-hmm. we're going to see a lot more of him. And I think right. he has been he has been a great addition to the franchise. Yes, um, he will be because it was kind of like Luther was the only guy. Like he was the only like through line other than Ethan. And mm-hmm. so to add another one like that, you know, Jonathan Reese Myers, who was like the, the helicopter pilot, he didn't stick. The the Asian gal, uh, Maggie Q is right. her name. She didn't stick. Um, but overall, I thought the side characters were pretty good in this one. Um, and then the second thing I want to call out is I love when franchises invent new technology or technology that exists theoretically, but they can't apply it. And I thought J.J. Abrams did it awesome with the the spray foam 
on the side of the armored truck mm-hmm. to get Seymour. And they like just sprayed the whole side of this thing and then like hit it with a sledgehammer and it shattered into a million pieces. They took him out and they're like, Ethan was shooting at him out of the helicopter and he just didn't even budge. He was just like looking at like Philip Seymour Hoffman was just, just, just looking at him. It was just amazing. Fantastic. Like, what a set piece. So I, I, I think I gave like uh MI one, like a 90 something. Um, 90 which I think is, is deserved. I think we gave uh, MI2 like a 50, like on average, like a 50 between all three of us, which is right where it should be. This one's like a 92, 93 for me overall. I think it, it like you said, the points deduction big time for the last 15 minutes. Um, you know, the last half of the third act was okay. But everything else before that was just fire. Just fantastic. Yeah, I agree. I'm right. I'm great with that. I'm great with the 93 for this movie. So great action movie. One, like an 84. I gave the next one like a 48 and I'm giving this one a 94. Oh, that's very I thought this movie was awesome. I really, 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 really enjoyed this. So I agree. I, I liked it so much. I'm watching these movies like Monday, like Tuesday latest. And then uh, by Wednesday, Thursday, I'm like, I really want to watch the next one. The next time, one yeah. Which my takes are trash if I watch them too early. I've tried that. Um, and so I got to wait. I'm excited for MI4 this week. Now they're starting to get different names. I, I don't know. Ghost Protocol, Rogue Nation, Fallout. I don't know what order those are in, but um, maybe I just actually I got you- it right. I think you nailed it. Yeah, okay. that sounds perfect. Um, by the way, so these first three, for anyone listening, um, have all been either on Paramount Plus for free or on Hulu Live TV. Um, the next one is everywhere. This next one is on Hulu for free, and it's on Prime. Mm-hmm. And then the last two are going to be tricky. I have them set to record on Comcast. That's the only place I've seen them. So either you can record them ahead of time like I'm going to, or you got to rent them. Wait, what? Ch- but what channel are you recording them on? They're they're they play on FX all the time, which makes sense because so they have, have the commercials. Deal with Hulu. Um, it maybe will. I'll just fast forward through them. I don't know. And it's gonna be it like suck, it's but... gonna be cut weird, dude. It's not gonna be the same movie. Uh, we're gonna go with it. I'm gonna save my eight bucks and roll with it. Unless it's just trash, okay. I'll just rent it. If it's bad, I'll just rent it. It's I think it's gonna be bad. Four dollars. But... All right, guys, we went extra long. Um, so we're gonna have to skip streamer steamer of those who wish me dead. So if you wanna hear about that, watch it this week. Where can people find it? HBO Max. HBO Max. HBO Max. And Eric, and since you know we, we don't always do this, but Eric mentioned that his schedule has been insane. Yeah. Didn't have a chance to catch this, so now he has no excuses given an extra seven days. Now I got no excuses. Now I gotta watch it too. So that's all the time we have, guys, on the Rorty's podcast. Thanks for hanging with us. Go watch MI4. Go watch those who wish me dead and check out our sports cast this week. Until next time, thank you guys for listening to the Nordies Podcast.